Hello, and welcome to Rethinking Legal Ops, a podcast by Speed Legal. I'm Ashwari Saxena, and here we talk to legal experts, industry leaders, and innovators about the many ways that legal tech is transforming the way we practice law. Today we have an amazing guest with us, Tara. Tara has extensive experience uh, as in-house and currently works in her own legal consultancy firm. And she is also a fellow legal tech enthusiast. And it's wonderful to have you here, Tara, and uh, very inspiring to see all your enthusiasm for making legal work more efficient. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And this podcast is sponsored by Speed Legal and Sweet Legal Tech. Check out all their interesting work on legal tech as well and the digital transformation of law. So just to get us started, uh, Tara, tell us a little bit about your story, uh, about your your professional and academic journey so far. Yeah, sure. I... um... After I graduated from law school, just make it brief, I never worked, I didn't work for a law firm. I've always worked for corporations, um, some privately held, some public, large, small, et cetera. So um, I wasn't accustomed to the, you know, the billable hours, but I think that it made a difference understanding um, what the operations and business was trying to move forward um, since I'd always really been in that role. Um, so I've been chief legal officer and chief compliance officer t- together or splitting those duties with many other departments reporting under me. Great. Very interesting background and very, very applicable to our you know, main theme for today where we're talking about contracts and how to manage them and why the way we're currently looking and managing our contracts in businesses or in law firms uh, is just not uh, the most ideal. So uh, Tara, what what do you think, uh, tell us a little bit about how you see the way businesses look and process their contracts at the moment and what do you think is wrong with that? Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen various ways, but um, primarily, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of legal technology for the contract. I would call it the contract management system and even part of vendor management. So, you know, I liken it to um, going on a, um, you know, on a wild goose chase trying to find some contract that maybe was signed five years ago, but it's still in, you know, it's still applicable, it's still in effect. And, you know, just not having a very organized um, contract management system, ways to find them, ways to pull up the contract to see how, you know, when they renew and those sort of things. And so I'm so excited about the tech, you know, coming along and being able to do it in that fashion because, you know, I've had to go through the other way, <laughs> even in large litigations and discovery or, you know, enforcement actions with the CFPB and to have your things organized and easily found in a solution um, would be far better. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned contract management systems. Uh, Tar, can you uh, tell us a little bit about what exactly contract management is and what does it entail for businesses? Yeah, so, you know, um, a contract management system is a little bit about, you know, kind of, as it said, the contract management, but, you know, looking at it from working with the business, you know, I kind of try to start with from the time you have an NDA, 
right? So, you know, you sign the NDA and that, that's when you start your relationship with a party and uh, having all those documents that go with that particular service provider or agreement that you have in one place that you can find them. And then, you know, managing your contract, you, you know, in a system, um, again, where you can identify the terms, you know, so many times, um, you know, I have been in a situation where a contract has auto auto renewed and we're talking $5 million contract, nothing small, but no one was really monitoring it or knew about it. And, you know, in the past they would have say the, the SME that would supposedly, you know, was managing their own contract, but that's a lot for people to keep up with. So I guess the simplest way to say is that a contract management system is ideally, you know, a system where you, you can pull your documents, um, that you can pull the the most applicable portions of the documents and you have a dashboard almost where you can look up and say, oh, this one's expiring such and such time, you know. Um, but that's how I think about it. Yeah, and assuming that's that's just such a helpful thing for businesses, especially you know, like small uh, to medium identities, as you're as you're saying, and just you know businesses that also don't have a sizable legal in-house department uh, on on their own that can make I'm assuming make a huge difference for them. Can you tell us a little bit about just what a good contract management system can do for businesses, and what kind of a difference can it can it make for them overall? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I think a, a contract management system has um, can provide many positive, you know, effects for a business. It, you know, one is the legal compliance side, right? So I'll talk to that first because that's just my area. But, <laughs> but you know, to ensure that you're compliant with your agreements, that you're abiding by the terms of agreement. You know, you even you know small businesses could have an agreement where they're. Um, required to provide reports or spreadsheets monthly. And if you don't have an easy way to look those up, you could miss that and technically you would be in breach. So, you know, there, there's that piece of it. Um, and then, you know, I, I look at the other side of, you know, from your accounting or looking at your ledger and those sort of things. So, you know, being able to go through and see where you're spending money. You know, I, this would all, you know, I, when I worked, you know, the CEO would always want to know, I want to see our contract management system. I want to see the top 10 that we're paying. And, and maybe you want to go out to an RFP. So it's a way to manage the business as well from an operational and financial you know, background. And then lastly, you know, I go back to as back to legal and compliance. But as you know, you know, in, in the US, we are certainly in uncertain terms with respect to regular regular regulatory bodies. And the CFPB and other ones. And so having your things together when they come on board or even just a small class action or, or a small litigation, et cetera, if you can get those documents timely, it saves money and it saves time for your employees that are you know, having to pull all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it can also, you know, from what you're saying, it can also make a huge difference just for business strategies, the way that it wants to position itself and the way it wants to, you know, go ahead and make uh, their decisions. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, and, and on that aspect as well as to how uh, a good CMS system can help make the right decisions also beyond, you know, complying with all their regulatory requirements? How is it useful for business strategy? Yeah, you know, I think that the best way for me to describe is to give us some some examples, if that's okay, um, just some real world examples. 
So, um, you know, I was uh, in my prior life, I was with a corporation and we had an insurance provider that would provide insurance. And I don't mean healthcare insurance. I'm speaking to insurance for our customers. Um, and we were spending $40 million a year. And we, you know, the business was like, you know, I don't think that this is, we're making money on this. I don't know what's going on. And I literally pulled that agreement. And this is true story. <laughs> it was signed in 1996. No updates. No one was monitoring it. And of course it wasn't making any money because, you know, we had no terms and conditions, you know, so that's one simple example, but it made a huge impact on the company because we went, the company went out to the RFP. We, you know, found another vendor that was significantly less expensive and it increased, you know, our profitability year over year. Um, that's certainly one example. And then, you know, I think another good example is um, when you're going through, let's say you're a small company, but you want to merge or purchase other small companies. If you're not aware of the contracts that you have in place and your, um, you know, your liabilities and what you owe to folks, it's very difficult to sell or be sold. Um, you know, and so again, I've been in the situation prior to legal ops being more technical and things where, you know, my paralegal and I pulled 350 contracts for one small acquisition. And that's certainly, um, you know, strategically not, how you would want your legal department to be spending their time. I, I hope that's some good kind of real world examples. Absolutely. Very hopeful example, especially when you when you say that the contract was signed like back in 1996 and like got lost in the mailroom, no one ever looked at it. And that is um, you know, unfortunately that is so common you know, for businesses, for large companies, especially like these sort of contracts just get so lost and uh, no one really has any sort of visibility, which you know brings me to um, you know like the point about how even legal work it has become so data driven now. Um, you know, there's, uh, we used to, you know, joke in law school that I became a lawyer because I, I cannot do math and I don't do numbers, but that is becoming more and more important in, in legal practice. Have you, have you seen some of that in your uh, own work at, you know, at TG44 Consulting? Um, are you seeing uh, that your clients, clients are maybe wanting to hear uh, more sort of data-driven solutions rather than, you know, just like the uh, like legal, uh, legal advice, like the traditional legal advice that practitioners earlier used to give? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, um, you know, there's been this turn, which I think it's a good, you know, shift in um, the legal world of, you know, that we're a business partner and a strategic business partner and not just seen always as a cost center. But with that comes that, you know, to even show um, your budget or to comply with your budget as your legal department, you have to be able to have the, you know, the, um, the software and the systems to help you gather that and the dashboards and the metrics, you know, so, you know, one example is, is, um, just to justify a small example, but justifying, hey, I need another lawyer on my team. Okay, well, here's how I justified it. I showed all the outside counsel fees I was spending and the cost per hour. And if I had hired you know, a junior attorney that was perfectly capable, would save us $300,000 a year. And I hear that over and over. Um, and, and I go back a little bit to the regulatory just because it's a very deep part of my background. But 
you know, the regulators in, in all businesses, essentially, you know, they want to see that you're monitoring your data and your complaints, your legal complaints, um, even your external auditors when they come in and audit. You know, they want to see not only are you monitoring it, that you're remediating it. And I think that that's the step that some people miss so often is that, you know, um, I used to say to my team, I don't care if we had 25 that, you know, failing audits. I want to know why and how we're going to fix them. And technology has brought us to where we can do that so much more efficiently. And, you know, and, and also we can see red flags before they occur. You can begin to see trends and other things that show you, you know, what is happening. And um, I, I think that's some of the thought, but, you know, just back to the contract piece, you know, you were mentioning that it happens so often that contracts get lost, but I think all, you know, everyone who's worked in a business, you know, you, 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 you um, set forth an executive and you say, okay, you're responsible for our telephone contract. Well, people forget that, you know, oh, I didn't send it to legal and I don't know where it is and I don't know what we're supposed to do to comply. But when you get a good compliance management system, all of that comes through that system. It's just, it's truly invaluable. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when you, when you said, you know, um, when you said that your attitude was more towards, you know, I want to know why it's happening and how can you fix it? That really resonated with me because, uh, you know, just, uh, just growing up watching movies and just a um, just a depiction of lawyers and pop culture was always more about you know, those people that always tell you no, like you can't do this or you can't do that, things like that. And and I'm loving the fact that now it's you know there's like this paradigm shift within the culture itself and the perception of lawyers where they're being looked um, upon as solutions architects. You know, people that are looking at all this data, uh, looking at the metrics, analyzing these trends, and then, you know, crafting solutions that, you know, can be um, very, very important for businesses and uh, acting more like a, like a business partner or an ally, like exactly like you were saying. Um, I, I want to get more of your perspective, uh, Tara, about just how overworked uh, and overburdened on average can uh, in-house legal departments get in an enterprise-level company. Uh, so that's that's one view. And then the second view would be uh, about the uh, about SMEs. So just like both perspectives. Yeah, so your first question was about how overworked you can become or, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I can talk about it. <laughs> you know, um, I um, was at a billion dollar publicly traded company for a time. And um, we had 6,000 employees in the US and 1,700 in Mexico, just to give you an idea, right? The legal department consisted of me and a paralegal. We were highly regulated, highly regulated by every state because we were making loans, highly regulated by the Fed, you know, the federal regulatory bodies. And um, similarly, this is right when the CFPB came along. And I'm going to age myself a little here, but, um, you know, I didn't have software solutions or systems. And if I did, I think something else that's important. So many of the documents that I needed were found in different solutions and in different areas and trying to pull them together. So, you know, the department was moving along okay. And then we received an enforcement action from the CFPB. And I was asked, you know, obviously to respond and handle that case. We sent over 10 million documents to the CFPB. None of them were in software systems or solutions. So, you know, the, the 
um, burden that fell, you know, on a very small team. Of course, we had compliance and, you know, some folks helping us was unbelievable. But as I work now with clients and as my career progressed, you know, the more technology and use that we could use, you know, and have on our side was certainly made, you know, any of those things easier, discovery, being a good business partner, you know, to, to your one point, I just want to go back a second that, you know, so many times I actually was in a, um, a legal magazine of maybe about eight years ago saying, you know, I'm not the office of no, I'm the office of how can we do this together? But I felt like that lawyers, you know, in-house lawyers were behind the eight ball a little bit because, we didn't have data and metrics. So it was, I would always say to my CEO, I can't prove the negative. I remember saying that over and over. How, how am I supposed to show you that I'm saving money because you're not getting sued all the time? You know, and, but now we have much more resources to do those things. So I, I hope that's some good examples, you know, um, but you know, the amount of money and time that we spent on that one enforcement action was, I, I would say probably $200 million, honestly. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to take a breath. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah, and, you know, and I think the other business areas, you know, it's always well. This this business area needs an analyst, and and they need software solutions, and you know, all the different departments have those. But people didn't think until more recently this paradigm shift that so does the legal department. You know, we need those tools to help you and be a strategic partner with you absolutely to be a strategic partner with you and i think for that it's also important to equip them with the right tools so they're they're putting their energy in the right places like putting together 10 million documents i, I cannot even imagine how many hours went into that and how many late nights and just you know um sleepless nights you know went went into all of that and and, and just so um so unnecessarily conversant because now we of course um uh, I don't know when this was, but now we, of course, have technology to automate so much of that. Now it's so much easier to just pull those documents from a centralized system and uh, just make people's lives easier so they could focus on like the more creative work and, and add even more uh, more value. Um, so I totally, totally resonate with that. And with regard to small businesses, Tara, what is the in-house experience in, in, in those, like with regards to you know, compliance and just you know, dealing with the day to day, because um, uh, a few weeks ago we had um, uh, a GC from a fintech company called Paybird, uh, and he was talking about how um, GCs at you know, smaller companies have to um, sort of have this 360 view of all different types of laws. Like, you know, in the morning you're dealing with employment contracts, then you're dealing with something compliance related, then suddenly in the uh, afternoon you're dealing with, uh, you know, IP and then you're dealing with data privacy. So you're dealing with different types of laws. Uh, so I want to get a little bit your perspective about where you think technology can be an, an ally for them and just overall what, uh, you know, uh, what the perspective of uh, small SME GCs could be on this. So um, you're speaking with technology and smaller companies. Is that what you, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so many smaller companies um, obviously cannot, you know, they don't have it in their budget to have a chief compliance officer and a chief legal officer and a team of, you know, compliance professionals and those sort of things. And so I believe, and again, so excited that we're, you know, these, we have this kind of technology because it doesn't mean that it, you still do not need a person that, you know, that has some, you know, that can go and look at things. But when you have systems that you can put in place, for example, your compliance management system, 
Well, then a smaller company will know that, you know, their contracts are in one place. They know where to look them up. They can manage it better. Um, you know, other systems could be your entire compliance management system and things. You know, the more data and metrics that you can have um, helps smaller businesses be able to do those things and be compliant with the laws and manage their business without having a staff of, you know, 20 lawyers. <laughs> And then go to outside counsel as needed, you know, but to have those software and solutions makes an incredible difference. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there's this question that I, I com commonly hear people, you know, asking that, sure, I can have a legal tech tool, uh, you know, to, to help me out and, you know, to maybe um, centralize all my contracts or even to maybe help me analyze them a little bit. But, you know, I, I still trust my own eyes and I'm still going to go and manually verify everything. So what is really the value in that sort of you know, tech tool? Uh, what do you think about uh, those sort of things? And, you know, have, uh, what's what's your views on things like that? You know, it's, it's funny that you, you said that because, I mean, I, as much as I have really turned the corner and I love technology and, I you know, I was one of those, I want my paper. I want everything in paper. I want to write on the paper. You know, it's my generation, you know? Um, and so I say that if you still want to check everything, that's fine, but there's nothing that can compare with having something in a system, perhaps with AI technology and things that can assist you, right? And so I get it. I get wanting to look at the document yourself and check things and write it on paper, but the benefit of having a system that also backs you up, right? It's, it's just almost like another check, you know, another checkpoint. Um, I think it's invaluable, but I do understand the resistance. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, as my career moved forward, you know, it's like you said, the lawyers go to, you know, we would say, well, we went to school because I can't do math or those sort of things, you know, and the more that I felt like, oh my God, they're forcing me to learn this system and that system. And, you know, um, but I'm so glad they did because the value that I found in it was immeasurable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and not everything needs to be you know, done, done, done manually. And exactly like you're saying, if you want to do it, go ahead, you know, do you. But there's that extra added layer of check, which doesn't hurt, only, you know, only adds, adds value. Um, which brings me to my next question, which is more about just day-to-day -day business deals and, and transactions and also, uh, you know, um, empowering businesses with, uh, with the relevant data insights that they need to maybe um, efficiently or profitably negotiate a deal. Uh, where do you think contract management tools in particular fit into helping facilitate negotiations and make them close faster? Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, I'm sure you know, you know, the process negotiation, like I said, you know, you always usually start with an NDA. Hopefully your legal department helps you and assists you with that. Um, and then you go to the, you know, the next step of the agreement and what I would always call the battle of the forms. Right. So, again, I'll go back to my prehistoric life because I'm way older than you and, you know, talk about where the emails were going back and forth and you had red, blue, pink, orange. You couldn't keep up with who wrote what, you know, the red lines and those sort of things. So having a good compliance management system that also, as you're negotiating, helps you um, keep version control. You know, that's a huge thing as well. And going back and forth and getting, you know, to to the point where everybody's comfortable with the version you're on and the final version. Mm -hmm. 
And, and that's that's very interesting that you bring up you know, version uh, control because uh, one thing I've commonly seen and you know, people complain about you know at law firms or you know just at uh, you know in in-house is uh, just you know how many versions of the same document can exist and just how many red lines and how difficult and confusing and frustrating that can become uh, to just manage over time. Uh, what sort of technologies that exist today, that the tools that exist today, do you think can particularly help with uh, those sort of, uh, you know, making those sorts of workflows efficient, like helping people collaborate on, on documents? Are you aware of tools? Are you using something like that uh, in your current practice? Yeah, you know, well, there are some um, tools that have been helpful for me for, you know, for example, I, I would call it uh, document change control or document management control. Um, and there are various dis different systems that can help you do that. Um, right now, my mind, oh, SharePoint was one example that I used, right? So everyone um, at a certain level that would have access to change and edit agreements um, would all have this SharePoint site. And then you could see who made the version, you know, and this is just internally. So that was really one helpful tool. Um, you know, that's been a few years ago, but you know, that, that was so helpful because, you know, it's, um, it's certainly not efficient to everyone get on a group call again to talk about what we think about the contract internally. And then everyone's like on a different version and it happens all the time. <laughs> you know, someone's like, well, I don't have that. I, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's when I set up the SharePoint. So everyone's talking, you know, on the same page, right? And we're all talking from the same document. And what's even more embarrassing is when you send back the wrong version to your potential yeah. vendor or service provider and they come and say, hey, Tara, this is like three versions ago. Oh God, you know, um, so SharePoint or, or any system that helps people share, you know, and keep version control was helpful. Um, and, and yet again, I mean, you know, I think about, you know, the contract management, having those things there is also very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great you brought up vendors because I was going to ask my question about, about them next. Uh, do you think that, uh, how do you see contract management tools helping businesses uh, interact with, with their vendors? Because there's just a ton of vendor contracts that, you know, they have to handle on a day-to-day -day basis. And then, you know, negotiations back and forth, which can, uh, of course, like different versions can become very, very unwieldy. Uh, how do you see the interaction or the relationship businesses have with their vendors uh, improving or becoming even more profitable maybe with, uh, with contract management tools? Yeah, well, I, hopefully I won't be unnecessarily duplicative, but I, I kind of go back to similar things I've talked about, you know, um, that if you have something where it's easier to manage and to see the status of your agreement, right? And, and perhaps you have an executive sponsor for different agreements and they have access to that compliant, I mean, the co um, contract management system. It gives you so much more knowledge to know where you stand with your particular vendor. So, you know, I think of things just like I, one thing I said previously, it could be time to renew and that's a good time to go to your vendor and say, hey, we've got three other people that, you know, I'm just saying, you know, that they're willing to charge us less or, or you know, you, you might um, miss some things that your vendor is supposed to be doing for you or reports that they should be sending to you. And if you don't have some way to manage that, it just gets lost. You, you know, you just be surprised if you have 50 different executive sponsors or different people managing contracts. 
um, in their own kind of area and it's not together in one space where you can all see it and work together, you know, some of the issues that occur that you're simply not aware of. Um, again, I go back to the, you know, the one that was from 1996, you know, having a, a compliance management system would have made, you know, someone would have noticed, that, you know, prior, prior to that time. But, you know, one thing I, I wanted to say that I, that I did for my teams when we did have a contract management system or not for my teams, but for my um, clients. So the clients would be ops, et cetera, is I in the compliance management system, I would have one sheet that went in that gave the, the primary terms that I felt like were most important to them. For example, this is when it expires. This is when they are, you know, the vendor is supposed to provide you reports. Here's, you know, all the duties between the two parties was on a cover sheet that everyone could pull up in the compliant in the com contract management system. And I think that that's invaluable. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just uh, skips over so much just unnecessary like, you know, exchanges and uh, just stress uh, in, in, in general, which is even more important. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've so far talked mostly about, you know, the relevance of contract management tools and, you know, some other legal tech tools for businesses and uh, how they manage themselves, how they manage their relationships with you know, the others that they do business with. I want to get your perspective a little bit, Tara, about how uh, contract management and just legal tech in general, how is it useful for independent practitioners or, you know, consultants uh, you know, like, like yourself? Uh, have you ever seen a client that has you know, sort of come in and you know they ask you if you if you use any legal tech tools uh, or you know do you, do you see legal tech tools giving you some sort of a competitive edge over maybe maybe others yeah I do you know I um, I use you know various some tools um, you know I mean I've not been in business that long but you know but keeping um, you know I'm in need of a, a contract management but some of some of the other tools are you know, um, research tools that, you know, will give you more information, um, a dashboard that I use um, that, you know, brings up my kind of daily metrics, um, but also about my customers, meaning, you know, uh, this customer, I can look it up, I can look up one customer and say, for example, they need a compliance management system, or they have a compliance management system, but here's their issues, you know, the more technology, when you know, back in the day, I mean, I, I won't say I was using paper files because I don't go that far back, but I would be pulling up just one file, each one, and maybe even in an email trying to go back and ascertain what it, what am I doing with this customer, even when I was in-house, but, you know, it would be the same now, right? What, what am I, what am I doing with this customer and those sort of things? And, and, you know, I, like I said, I've never worked at a law firm, so I, I do consulting, but, you know, I, I do know some lawyers that have solo practices and the technology has been great for them as well because, you know, um, the more technology they have, the more efficient they can be. They don't have many people on staff, um, you know, making sure they're not missing deadlines. And, you know, the only technology we used to have where I would call it, it was more of a workflow. That's really all we had access to, right? So you could put in, I, we were sued on such and such date and here's our deadline to respond. And that's about it. <laughs> you know, you couldn't follow trends or data. And so, you know, it, it's so great that it's changing in, in the legal fields for smaller firms, for consultants, for, for companies and, and all around. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, in the past in this podcast, we've also you know talked about like the very infamous billable hour, and you know how that's you know been some a little bit of a barrier, a huge barrier to implementation of legal tech. But uh, you know what you're saying, I think, is very very important. It's a very important point because uh, it's not just about you know billing as many hours as you can, but there are still deadlines that you have to meet. Uh, and um, you know, especially for consultants who might not a solo pressure who don't have a huge staff, uh, there still is a lot of value that uh, you know, legal tech tools can, can add. And as we're seeing this sort of culture change and um, you know, a lot of people are becoming more and more aware about legal tech tools, um, it's also interesting to see how um, maybe using legal tech tools versus not legal tech tools can also, you know, sort of add to uh, the credibility or the overall, like, you know, um, the, the overall competitiveness, uh, you know, of consultants or even law firms. Because, you know, before the pandemic, uh, lawyers just didn't think that, you know, you could conduct court trials on uh, on Zoom. And with uh, that was already happening in the pandemic, but the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, like it made it very clear that you can, you know, you can have Zoom testimonies, especially when it's Kate Moss and Elon Musk, right. you know. <laughs> and um, even within law, uh, that is changing a lot. People are realizing that you don't always have to, you know, take all those flights just to, you know, sign a paper or to, you know, just meet a client and, and things like that. So it's it's a very exciting time to be working in, in legal in legal tech. And uh, you were talking about some of the uh, tools that you had access to. I want to um, learn a little bit more uh, about that from your perspective. What are some of the legal tech tools that are in existence today uh, pertaining to contracts or not, and could be something very general as well, that, that you're most excited about? Yeah, you know, so um, I'm really excited. Um, and so I, I, I will say that I, um, I have a relationship with them, just a partnership and, you know, consulting, but I'm excited with uh, Pravana, for example, but I'll explain which tools I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. So, you know, um, particularly on the comp like compliance management system required by the CFPB and financial services, kind of that arena, because, you know, previously when I, when I put them together, you, you put your policies and you put your procedures together. But once again, you don't have one system where everything's tracking. So, you know, compliance management system is huge because you have, you know, your um, fair lending piece of it. You have vendor management. You have all these things. And so Pravana and others who are providing a system where all that is linked, you know, your legal complaints, your customer complaints, you know, to be able to pull that and, um hopefully you never end up in an enforcement action or a regulatory agency coming at your door. Um, but irrespective, you want to manage that. You want to check for um, any issues, read trends. But the most important part is that you remediate those, right? And you can show that you've done everything you can to remediate. And I think that that is what technology is helping it so much with, because you can look at the data, you can see where you have issues and you can go and fix them. Yep, yeah. 
always, you know, the focus on, you know, identifying problems and, and fixing them, which is like, you know, like the whole point of, you know, creating these efficient uh, workflows. And, and which is why um, I think that, you know, legal tech can just make such a big difference in the way that uh, lawyers are, you know, managing either their own practice or even uh, in-house. Because I also grew up, you know, watching my parents uh, practice law, both of them uh, attorneys as well. And, and I've seen them, you know, do like due diligence. And then, you know, during my own legal education, I've been that intern doing circle ups when there's, you know, some sort of, a, you know, discovery or, you know, just an inquiry or, or something like that. So I, I just don't think any of that is uh, necessary right now. And, you know, hearing what you're saying, um, it's it's very, you know, refreshing and uh, you know, it's amazing to, you know, hear your perspective and, you know, have those, uh, those uh, thoughts validated uh, as well. Um, our next question, it, it, this is something I ask everyone because this is just, uh, I think, such an important topic, especially, you know, these days. But do you think, um, we all know that mental health in a legal industry, it's not in an ideal place. It's, you know, it's no secret. Uh, how do you see legal tech tools being an ally for lawyers uh, and also helping improve their, their mental health by hopefully reducing stress and all those, uh, you know, and all those other areas, but curious to hear your perspective. Yeah, well, thank you for asking that question. I don't know if you followed me and my story, but anyway, um, I've certainly dealt with it myself. And so again, um, the more resources that you have that can help you, um, you know, a lot of times legal departments and compliance departments are small in comparison to the other business departments. Because again, no matter how hard you try and how much you show, it's, you know, we're still considered um, a cost center, right? And not a profit center. So, you know, having the other tools that weren't available to me at the time, you know, I, and when I was referring to this, you know, the enforcement action I'm referring to went on for four and a half years. Um, I was working 60, 75 out literally, and I had a son, single mom. So, not trying to tell my story. My, my point is, I've told that already, but my point is, is that, you know, lawyers, we have a significant higher incidence of substance abuse, mental health disorders, suicide ideations. And, you know, I've never worked at a law firm, so, but I do believe that that intense pressure of hours and billing hours and so much, you know, I hope that we're coming around to the point to understand that people can't function that way and not well. And if we can add, you know, technical um, ops and tools to our departments that helps take some of that burden off people, you know, when you have a, um, employees who are have a better well-being mentally and physically, you're going to get um, higher profitability and better results rather than working to the point where people just, you know, the human body just can only take so much. So I'm so excited about how those two go hand in hand and the assistance that it would provide, you know, both law firms and in-house attorneys. And I appreciate the question. Thank you. And, and, you know, exactly as you said, you know, businesses work better and can become even more profitable if their employees are able to, you know, function at their 100% physically and mentally, because ultimately businesses, um, are just people and uh, really appreciate you being so open and you know sharing your story i've been following that on linkedin uh as well you know as uh, it's just so nice to you know hear from other people and see this sort of open conversation really gives me personally a lot of hope 
uh, you know, for uh, the this shift in the culture within like the legal industry. And instead of making it sort of this thing about, you know, like bragging about staying up all night, now people are, you know, opening up about, you know, what the toll that it takes. So I, I really appreciate your answer and you know, just the overall culture change around yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I we have to I'm sorry we have to support one another and make you know try to end the stigma and make it okay you know to to say those things and that's why I you know it wasn't easy right but that's why I decided but it is a huge part of our you know I'm, I'm going to um, do some speaking engagements doing some CLEs and things and so but I do and I'm so like what you say I see this big shift of where okay at least you know, we're recognizing it and how can we help one another? But I do believe that the tech tools are going to be a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of me diving in, you know, 10 million different documents, I could have pulled it all from a thing. That's a big deal. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. We've made a huge difference. It yes. saved you so much stress. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now, now we have those tools and, you know, they're, they're yeah. available. So, you know, hopefully that, that doesn't ever have to happen again for, for many yeah. reasons. <laughs> And um, my next question, um, you know, it's it's very you know, inspiring to see that you know, you you started your own consultancy, and um, you're very you know sort of open and you know very thoughtful um, you know post about you know what it took to start your own business, uh, and you know all the fears and trepidations you know that go along with that, and the courage needed to just you know embark on this journey. Uh, it's it's very inspiring to me personally. Um, so I want to get your uh, advice a little bit for our listeners, you know, if, uh, some of them who are maybe contemplating career changes, some of them who are just maybe graduating or, you know, those people that are, you know, in the middle of their career and maybe also thinking about starting your own business. Uh, what is your advice uh, to them, uh, especially in the, you know, in the, in, the legal, in the legal tech space or, you know, just like this modern transformation of law type of space? Yeah, well, you know, I think that um, this anyone who start wants to start their own business or different careers, particularly the you know the students that are coming out now and kind of I, I can say this younger attorneys, you know, and lawyers, they're so much more open to you all, and and probably there there was to me as well, but I just didn't see it. You know, I thought, okay, this is the path, and I'm going to be the you know the chief legal officer of a big billion dollar you know big company, and I'm going to ring the bell on the stock exchange. Um, but then, you know, I think we see in our world in general right now, probably maybe COVID precipitated some of it as how do you define success and what does that mean to you? And I know that this sounds cliche, but what I would love for people to hear today um, is that, one, you know, if you have a law degree, you can do so many different things with it. But I can promise you that no money or job is more important than your happiness and your well-being. And to have, and I really mean to have a work-life balance, because for years we talked about work-life balance, but it didn't exist. And that was not true. <laughs> you know, you could be called, you know, I would get calls at 1030, 130 in the morning on a Sunday night, right? And so, you know, I feel like with almost everything in life, if you feel this passion that you want to go and open something or do something different or have a career path, do it, you know, just do it. And then the worst thing that can happen is you fail, but let's, guess what? You, that was a great learning lesson as well, you know? Um, so that's what I would say. I would encourage people to really find what makes them happy 
and is good for them and their family and then try it, you know, and, and there's such a support system out there now, you know, even on LinkedIn and, and so many people are there to help, you know, it's, it's different. Um, so it's the scariest thing I've ever done, but it's the best thing I've ever done. And so I just want people to know that you can do whatever you want to do. You are enough and, you know, you are empowered to do what you feel like you want to, you know, go chase your dreams. I know it sounds like what your mom told you your whole life, but, you know, I, I mean it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not doing like I was when I was, you know, but I'm doing fine and I'm happy and I'm well. And um, that's most important. <laughs> Absolutely. Could not agree more. And, and those are very, you know, those are amazing words to conclude the podcast on. It's like you are enough and there is a sea of opportunities out there. And, you know, just from my own perspective, I just think that, uh, you know, the uh, digital transformation of law, this movement in general has opened even more opportunities for, uh, you know, like young young attorneys, like, you know, that are, that are just graduating from law school. Uh, you don't have to just, uh, you know, take the more traditional path if you want to, you know, do you. But if you don't want to, there's just so much uh, out there that uh, that you can you can explore and so much creative work that you can do. Um, on that note, thank you so much, Tara. This it's been yeah. a wonderful conversation. Really appreciated all your all your insights and the examples, the very very clear uh, and well uh, explained examples you provided. I think there the 1996 contract is. I'm going to remember that for forever. Like that's that's going to I be did. my go to example. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> um, it's been my um, pleasure. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you. The practice of law is changing, and we're here for it. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of Rethinking Legal Ops. Follow us for more such insightful conversations about the transformative impact of legal tech. Also, follow Speed Legal and let us know in your comments and messages about how you leverage legal tech solutions to make your work more efficient. See you next time.